0: Whoy
1: oi? Why you oi? Why you oi. Oi, oi? Then go on the radio again. Yo, if you want no smoke, free weed, go bud yourself. You need to go plant the seed. Grow bud yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go bud yourself. grow bud yourself. Go bud yourself you want no smoke.
0: Hey, all right, welcome to episode number one twenty-one of Grow Bud Yourself. Uh so happy you could be here for this episode. We've got a good one for you guys. Uh, we're going to talk a little news. Uh, We've got an interview with AJ Sour Diesel. That's Joe Murray, uh, the AJ from the AJ Sour Diesel. Uh, We've got our strain of the fortnight, uh, a grow tip on how to spot and execute broad mites, as well as answers to your listener grow questions. So please stick around. Episode number 121 brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts, Prime Superior Inoculant, and our newest sponsor, Purple Rose Supply, Canagar Molds. Whether you're growing from seed or from clone, Prime Superior's simple, safe, and effective products can take your cultivation program to the next level. Prime Superior offers a two-step process that will benefit any garden. This is possible thanks to Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassiana, which is optimized for plants and sets up a symbiosis that increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Simply coat your seed to inoculate and aid rapid germination or dip your clone cutting with the world's first biological cloning honey and improve growth the way nature intended. Next, continue maintenance on your crop with foliar or fog applications of Prime Superior's drench, which will boost your plant's growth and ensure a healthy harvest. Best of all, the drench will work with already established gardens, so anyone at any stage of growth can achieve a cleaner crop with better yields. I gotta tell you, I use this stuff myself, not just on my cannabis, but on houseplants as well, and everything has greened up. Everything is super healthy, whether it's the seed coating product, The cloning honey, which is incredible. The drench is absolutely great. It comes in a spray bottle, uh, pre-mixed, so it's ready to be sprayed. This stuff is incredible. And I have literally noticed more cannabinoids and more terpenes. So it really is an amazing product. And now's the time to try Prime Superior and the world's first biological cloning honey. Grow bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate. And visit Primesuperior.com today to learn more. All right, welcome back. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Win Strong for the incredible grow bud yourself theme song. This is episode number 121. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, very, very proud of uh of how many of these episodes we've been able to put together. For you guys. I hope uh I hope you guys enjoy them. I hope we're helping you grow. Uh and I hope we're helping you uh, you know, enjoy growing as well because it's it should be fun. Yeah, you know, I recently just did a uh a an appearance on an on a our friend Chad uh Westport's podcast and basically just talked about how growing should be fun. And if it's not fun, then it's just another job. So, you know, keep the joy, enjoy the grow and uh and cultivate yourself and plants <laughs> <laughs> but i digress uh michael how are you
1: oh you know i'm hanging in there
0: cool cool well uh yeah. here we are episode 121 we and made it. uh we made it and, you know we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> continue to make it and uh yeah what do we got out there in the world of, of cannabis news nuggets
1: yeah let's talk some cannabis news here uh, first story that kind of caught my eye is the World Anti-Doping Agency. So, I think everyone knows, despite kind of growing support to remove cannabis from banned substances lists in sports, the World Anti-Doping Agency or WADA continues to prohibit pot use by athletes. Just last year, the agency decided to continue its policy of banning marijuana, and now WADA has published an editorial in the journal Addiction. I'm sure Dan has his subscription. I know Mm -hmm. I've got my my copyright here and that uh, the the editorial explains the group's thinking for continuing their policy. And uh, they specifically state that pot use violates, quote, the spirit of sport. They also believe that using cannabis makes athletes unfit role models and claim that their impairment puts others at risk. According to WADA, Uh, Quote, the welfare and safety of other participants may be compromised by impaired judgment associated with the presence of cannabis in an athlete in competition. The agency couldn't quite agree if cannabis use enhances or has the potential to enhance sports performance, but they acknowledge that athletes who use pot do benefit as it facilitates recovery and reduces pain. WADA's experts also believe that marijuana use can cause psychiatric symptoms and compromises athletes health however it should be noted that wada did raise the threshold of thc present in tests and it doesn't specifically prohibit athletes from using cannabis outside of competition but they are sticking with the pot ban in competition which on one hand it's odd as we've seen the nba nfl even mlb they all essentially are accepting cannabis use to some extent But on the other hand, this makes perfect sense, as the World Anti-Doping Agency literally exists to deal with substance use in sports. And you could argue that it's not really in their best interest to start eliminating banned substances, since banned substances are the reason the agency exists in the first place.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) They could uh, policy themselves right out of existence. (laughs) They're going to be out of business,
1: yeah. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It all seems silly to me to, for them to even be talking about pot policy for sports when there's, uh, you know, they're called the anti-doping agency. They should be more concerned with, the uh, actual, you know, performance enhancing steroids and things like that. Although, you know, ultimately I, you know, how my policy is just let people do whatever they want and actually put it on their jerseys, you know, so that I can, <laughs> I can root for the <laughs> I can root for the pot guys. And, uh, you know, if you're into the roids or whatever, you root for the roids guys. And if you're into, you know, anything else, you got your people and it's on their shirt. So, you know, you know who to support and uh, who to send uh, special packages to.
1: There you go. So I don't see that (laughs) happening, but uh, but I know your policy. You don't care if they sprout an extra head as long as they're hitting home runs and, and doing exciting things out there. So.
0: Well, I mean, they're grown people. They can do whatever they want. Their, right. their, their job is just to entertain us with, with games. <laughs> so, you know, if they want to hurt their bodies, you know, more power to them. But I just I don't see uh, myself wanting to police uh, what an adult puts in their body for any reason, really.
1: And I wouldn't say they were necessarily pro steroid, but steroids did save baseball to an extent. Back in 1998, baseball was on the way out, and then Mark McGwire and Sammy Sosa juiced themselves up to the gills and just started crushing balls, and everyone was like, "Oh, baseball's fun." Yeah, so,
0: the whole idea of it. I mean, that people aren't in the the guy with the most home runs isn't in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like,
1: come oh, on, it's yeah, insane. It's
0: just ridiculous. Yeah, it's goofy. You know, Barry Bonds for
1: for the Hall of Fame. Everybody, come on.
0: Let's, and, the, you know, I mean, I could digress even further, but this whole like person on second base in the 10th inning thing. The Manfred is,
1: man, uh, the ghost runner, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's ruining the sport for me. I just, I can't even take it seriously.
1: Do you, do you like the pitch clock?
0: Uh, I guess. You know, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it, it's it speeds the game you. up a little bit. I just, I don't, I don't know where that runner on second came from. I don't. <laughs> understand the statistics statistically how that works and I, I just don't like it i think you know
1: statistically it works that they they don't want games going over three hours anymore and they're willing to literally try anything to stop them from doing that okay so.
0: well i'll put a runner on on every base and in every inning I, I don't know you know it just <laughs> seems
1: weird it, it doesn't make sense to oh, me. It's i agree not, yeah. it's, it's
0: it's 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 silly it's a silly way to decide the end of a game in my opinion
1: well that's fair so Rob Manfred, take note. Uh, so that was that's WADA, which I sounds a little strange to say that. But WADA, WADA, WADA. Let's move on to this is a weird one, man. Um, OK, so get this. Uh, Pennsylvania legalized medical cannabis back in 2016. That's not the weird part. Um, the However, the state has a law on its books that makes anyone caught driving in possession of their medical marijuana card automatically guilty of DUI. So basically, Pennsylvania has a zero-tolerance policy for driving with any Schedule One drug. And federally, cannabis is a Schedule One narcotic with a high potential for abuse and no accepted medical value. We all know this. Uh, but because of this, just showing a cop your medical pot card while you're driving in Pennsylvania makes you guilty of DUI. And that's whether you're actually impaired or not. So this insane glitch in the state's DUI law which assumes impairment simply because a driver has been issued a medical cannabis card. It could be fixed, as a new bill from Senator Camera Bartolotta would leave the question of impairment up to field sobriety tests, which seems like a much better system than a laminated piece of cardboard. However, until that bill passes, uh, medical cannabis cards are automatic proof that you're driving under the influence. So Pennsylvania drivers, please be aware and at the very least, just don't show your card to cops, because for some very stupid reason, that's the equivalent of blowing a .08. Nah,
0: that's very dumb, too. I mean, <laughs> the, hopefully this the bill will get rid of this because that's uh, it's insane. Really, yeah, totally insane.
1: All right. So that's a silly thing in Pennsylvania. And let's just do a last uh, couple here. This is um, these are good things. So we got some records going. Uh, massachusetts has now sold over five billion dollars of recreational cannabis since the adult use market kicked off in 2018 despite being five years old the market continues to grow as the state set records in three consecutive months this summer beginning in june ending in august in august sales reached nearly 140 million dollars which brought the year-to-date total for the first eight months of 2023 to $1.05 billion. That's impressive. Uh, Adult-use cannabis has also been a massive hit in Maryland, where medical dispensaries got the okay to begin selling recreational pot in July. Retailers sold more than $10 million of cannabis products over opening weekend of adult-use sales, and $87 million of cannabis was sold in the month of July, Now, the August numbers uh, are in, and they're even more impressive as Maryland Dispensaries sold nearly $92 million worth of pot products last month. Flower has been the most popular in Maryland since adult-use sales began. Uh, That accounted for more than $55 million in August, uh, of August's $92 million of sales. Concentrates also represented a major chunk of the market, bringing in $24.7 million and infused consumables accounted for 11.4 million so uh, a lot of uh, recreational and just general pot product sales in Massachusetts and Maryland sales everywhere this summer going crazy excellent 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 indeed <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go i
0: mean that's good news like you said i think you know the more more money that comes in from the legal market the the more i think it's going to spread uh around the country and around the world.
1: Indeed, $5 billion in five years of uh, adult use sales in Massachusetts. Very impressive. New York is going to gonna do even better if we could ever get off the ground here. But that's a bit of a look at what's going on in the world of weed. We have a really interesting interview coming up, and uh, it's with an old friend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's our friend Joe Murray. He's better known as AJ Sour Diesel uh and he has been uh the guy with the diesel since you know the 90s and uh he's now going to be releasing uh uh, aj sour diesel into the legal new york marketplace so it's like kind of a triumphant return here uh for him and uh we're very excited about that um that's being grown by Flowerhouse, who we've had on the show as well uh in uh slightly upstate new york and uh I have seen it growing. It's beautiful and amazing and uh, very much looking forward to seeing that on the legal marketplace. And uh, yeah, why don't we take a break and come back with AJ Sour Diesel? We'd like to tell you about our latest sponsor, Purple Rose Supply. Purple Rose Supply's Kanagar molds give you the tools you need to smoke more and roll less. Spending time rolling multiple joints can take a long time, preventing you from doing what you actually love. The solution? More smoking, less rolling with a cannabis cigar that burns longer. So how does it work? Weed is compressed into the mold with the skewer placed in the middle for airflow. Since the weed is tightly compressed, it leaves less space for air pockets in your roll, giving you a slower burn. Even with the smallest size Kanagar mold that holds one to two grams, you're getting more out of your grams in a canigar as opposed to a regular blunt since it burns way longer. And Purple Rose Supply offers mold sizes all the way up to 10 to 14 grams for when you have a larger group of friends. If you're a grower, canigars can also be a way to showcase the strains you grow and take your smoke experience to an entirely new level. Learn more at PurpleRoseSupply.com, follow them on Instagram at PurpleRoseSupply, and don't forget to use code GBY20 for 20% off your order. All right, welcome back. And we have a very special guest for you guys this week, uh, our old friend, Joe Murray, a.k.a. AJ uh of the aj sour diesel uh welcome aj to the show thanks yeah absolutely uh it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on here uh we've known each other a long time and uh as the kids say if you know you know right that's the big thing these days if you know you know well i would say that for certain uh about the real uh aj sour diesel which to me is the real sour diesel. There's so many different versions out there um, and have been for years. You know, there's like a Cali version, a Canadian version. Um, There's something called East East Coast sour diesel. Um, There's a sour diesel uh, seeds that Soma sells over in Amsterdam. Um, So there's a bunch of different versions of sour out there. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about just your background actually, before we get into the sour, just your background um, and how it came to be that uh, that you became AJ.
2: Well, um, I guess the best place to start is, uh, you know, in the early nineties, a group of friends and I, we were all on Grateful Dead tour and we started becoming like really competitive about who could come up with the best weed. You know, we all wanted the best weed, but it it became almost like a contest to see who could, who could really like produce the best weed at the end of uh, uh, every show or, and that kind of bled into uh, our lives. When we uh, went home back to New York, Um, we kind of all were very, always looking for something better, always trying to find the best uh, weed out there. And that that drive, uh, led me to meeting, um, guys like JJ and Mike Klopp and, you know, uh, hanging out at wetlands. And so for me, that's where the story really gets started is when, uh, you know, meeting, uh, Mike Klopp at wetlands. And that's, you know, the first time that I ever saw the chem dog and, um, yeah. And that kind of like, that kind of put everything in a, in a, in a, there was a few varieties back then that kind of were in a different class. And, uh, and so chem dog, the chocolate thunderfuck, um, things like that. Um, you know, that was the way to, to win the contest and have the best weed. So, um, you know, the first time I ever bought chem dog from Mike Klopp, you know, we had been calling all weed that was really strong you know diesel as an adjective but um you know when we first spoke to chem dog i turned to my friend and i was like this is the diesel there is no never calling anything else diesel again this is the diesel and my friend was like yeah what was he calling this stuff again dog or something i was like it doesn't even matter dude this is the fucking diesel and and so that's kind of like how the whole the whole diesel thing got started. It was uh what we called Mike Klopp's chem dog.
0: Now, would that be the 91 or the D? Do you know like in that particular... was the 91? Right. Okay. So the 91 uh became the diesel. And then is there super skunk or anything like that involved? Uh was there like some kind of uh pollination of that chem 91, or is it just a pheno of the 91?
2: a good question i mean nobody really knows um you know all we do know is that you know um it happened uh i always thought the super skunk was like the the culprit but um but if you ask Klopp, he'll say no it was nl5 or something or this or that or you know something else so I, who knows um i always thought it resembled the super skunk i'd i i grew super skunk from SensiC back in the day, and uh, and I know that Mike Klopp had just acquired Super Skunk from CCC, uh around that time in in ninety, I believe in ninety four, uh, he went to Amsterdam and brought back a plethora of of genetics from Sensi and I think homegrown fantasy and uh, and so yeah, who knows? Um, at, but at that point. You know, we start, cause at that point we were getting, what I know of it is that we were getting NL five, we were getting super skunk
0: and we were getting Chem 91 from, from Klopp. And so basically, uh, the chem 91, something pollinated the chem 91, it could have been super skunk. It could have been the NL five, uh, and that, pheno basically that came out of that became the sour diesel that everyone oh. knew.
2: Well, that, that, that's what I always thought, but, but then upon, uh, uh, you know, learning more later on, you know, just even in the last five years, I've, i cause we never talked about this stuff back in the day, really. Like we didn't really, uh, you know, we didn't really talk much between growers about this and that, and, and, and if we did, you know, it was hard to remember, but, um, but apparently from what I've been told is that is that the, one of the one of clop seeds made its way up to the catskills where it then was uh, crossed or pollinated by another one of clop seeds and then that and and it was then that the sour was conceived so that's to the best of my knowledge that's what's that's what happened I mean um you know everyone will tell you a different story, but I, for, from the most reliable sources I have, that's what happened.
0: Right, so uh, so basically what I would say is, is and, and as has been told, is that you didn't so much create it, but um, basically sort of discovered it from a happy accident and became sort of the servant and the keeper of the strain and- uh, I mean, it,
2: we all had seeds from co-op that we were running back in the day you know, as soon as we got seeds, we all became growers. So, cause we, we needed to have as much diesel as possible. And so basically all those things we were calling diesel and, um, and it was, it was the Albany kids that, 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 uh, uh, that came up with the sour diesel, you know, and, and, and I believe that was in 96 and, uh, and I was running, uh, a different diesel uh, variety, you know, that was from also from Clop, And, um, yeah, so it was around 97 that I first got the first cut of what they were calling sour. And I, you know, I started running them, uh, running them back to back with, uh, running that back to back with the, the, the diesel seed that I was running. And, um, yeah, the sour basically won the popularity contest and, so you know around 98 i decided all right let's just grow this this one cut because that's the one that's making people the craziest i mean it was all <laughs> made people crazy but like what what's making them the most crazy it's this so so yeah so at, from from 97 on it was the sour that was the cut we went with and yeah they called it the aj cut because I was the guy in New York, always setting up new grows, always trying, always sourcing out more. You know, I sold cuts to tons of people. Uh, You know, they were always supposed to grow it and bring it back to me, but that rarely ever happened. But, um, but, um, but yeah, so it was, and it was really unbeknownst to me. I knew, I knew that people called it the AJ because in my immediate circle, but it wasn't until like 20, 13 or 14 that I, that someone brought it to my attention that they were calling it the AJ cut all over America and the world. (laughs) And that was totally unbeknownst to me. You know, I, I certainly wasn't, I didn't have a marketing strategy or anything to make that happen. I was trying to like, you know, be
0: unknown. Right. Well, what happens is it just, it's so strong and so different. I mean, this was uh, something that could really sort of narc you out. You know, I remember, uh, you know, the first few times at the High Times office when, you know, the AJ would come around, uh, and it would really just fill up the entire office, the entire building, really, like, you could smell it in the in the in the elevator in the lobby of the building. And, you know, it was like, that's when food sealers basically became a must, like you had to seal Up those bags because otherwise everywhere you went whether you went on the subway train or wherever everyone knew you know I mean it was like uh so skunky so let's actually talk about what sets uh that sour um the AJ sour apart because from what I remember um you know it's kind of a dark almost like a forest green underneath it all uh real kind of dark and then with really sort of bright um neon almost Uh, and and white crystals covering um, covering the dark sort of forest green flower so it was like this light and dark um, tons of just very frosty trichomes uh, sort of a bright neon bright green on top of that dark green um, and then sort of rust colored hairs or pistols um, and that fuel that diesel smell right Um, what are your sort of uh, mem- memories of that sour, the, 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 the sour of the nineties?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I looked at it so much. Uh, uh, I, I was fully immersed in it, whatever, what, but I mean, the sour, it was actually a limeier colored flower. It was, it was the, the leaves that were like dark green. Um, right. and, um, and yeah and the trichomes were you know not as like huge as like uh like you know og trichomes or 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 you know afghani or something but they they were a little smaller but it was yeah very, it's very resinous for sure and uh, yeah i mean i'm more i remember the flower less than I remember. There's just the, the effect that it had on my life and on, on the world as it, as it, as it made its way around.
0: Um, yeah, like, I mean the potency level,
2: one who becomes, you know, extremely famous. And it's like, oh, I knew, I knew that person before they were a huge celebrity, you know, like that's just my buddy, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and that's how I've always felt about the sour. Like, oh, sour, yeah, that's my friend. Um, And yeah, it had, and it had a huge effect on my life because, you know, it's like, as a young man, you know, it's, it was sort of like, it was, it was a rise to power, you know? And so, you know, I'm, I learned all about like tyranny and, you know, like uh, abuse of, of of authority and uh, you know, having control over people, which probably wasn't the, it's it's it. probably wasn't the best thing, you know? Like I had to. It took me years to like tame the monster within myself that was like looking to like you know be an absolute tyrant about it, because I could. Pre- it pretty much gave me the. It gave me the opportunity to shape
0: my life any way I wanted to live it. Yeah. I mean, we should mention that the A in AJ stands for asshole, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think
2: that's, that's why they named me asshole, but it might be why it stuck. But, <laughs> and at the same time, I mean, I wasn't that bad, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't, uh, uh, an evil dictator, but, but, um, but, you know, I, I, I was human. And so, uh, and also, I mean, there were, there were people coming at me, everybody in the world wanted something from me. So that created like a temperament where it's like, Oh, what does this guy want? You know, like, uh, you know, I know what this guy wants, you know, like, um, and so I had kind of had to like pick and choose, you know, who, who could have it because, um, there wasn't enough for everybody who wanted it. And so I kind of like, and I had to cut people out of my life because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't give them what they wanted. And so, yeah, It kind of perpetuated the whole asshole thing for sure
0: yeah so i mean that and and of course the sour moniker too i mean some people would say that uh you know the sour came from from the aroma or the flavor but other people will tell you that it really made people sour like it turned people against each other it it, uh you know french it ruined friendships and partnerships here and there uh so you know it does have that you know, that, sort of yeah, no, and I, I I always said you know I think they call it that because of me, but um, <laughs> but um, well, that you knew the worth of it. I mean, you knew that it was worth more than what el- everything else that was around, and I mean that was also uh you know the timing of it coming around in the mid to late nineties was the same time as the shift from Dinkins to Giuliani, which was for New Yorkers, a major, major shift, particularly for uh, anybody in the weed scene, because prior to Giuliani, it was like pretty wide open. I mean, you could smoke out, you know, outdoors, you could drink a beer in a paper uh, bag. Um, Things were definitely more lenient. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Giuliani came, shut down all the weed spots, and really cracked down hard on any kind of um, smoking and, and dealing and growing and everything. Um, and that also, you know, the delivery services were born out of, you know, the shutting down of the weed spots. Now suddenly, you know, things had to become more discreet, um, but you could get $50 for two grams, right? I mean, if you delivered 100. it to some, right, or even a hundred at some point. I mean, I remember sour, uh being... You know, eight thousand dollars a pound. I remember people paying five fifty an ounce, um, and that was people who knew people. I can't imagine what people on Wall Street were paying. You know, I mean, I've definitely heard of, you know, thousand dollar ounces, two hundred and fifty dollar quarters, for sure. You know, in those days,
2: the pitch was um, the hookup is not the price; it's the fact that you're
0: getting it. You know, right? I mean, and and that alone because there's only a certain amount coming around it wasn't like mass produced at all either um and le- well let's talk a little bit about just the uh the potency level i mean this was something that you know you'd be high for 2 hours plus uh from from smoking real sour very cerebral buzz um very for me very uplifting and creative uh inspirational in a lot of ways i mean You know people would describe that as a sativa dominant type of buzz but certainly there's been a lot of controversy over you know where where sour diesel is classified in in the uh yeah i think well i think like i've always said i think anyone who really considers sour
2: diesel a sativa hasn't been smoking haze or nl5 haze i mean i've always considered those things to be sativas i've always looked at the sour as a hybrid you know the cam is not a sativa you know nl5 is not a sativa uh uh you know um super skunk you know right Sativa. these are hybrids and that so i've never i've never really looked at sour and thought to myself that's a sativa you know <laughs>
0: it's
2: it's it's a hybrid but you know um you know we and other people you know all got hung up i've but and and i get it too because i I've collected sour cuts over the years of what people think is sour. And, you know, some of these cuts that I've collected can take 85 days to finish. So, you know, I mean, I could see where you would, you know, think that, okay, this is sativa. I think a lot of the sour that some people were smoking maybe was leaning on sativa. But the the original sour was kind of
0: right down the middle. Right, right. I think it's the thin leaves too. I mean, that kind of... Is one of those things. It's like, well, thin leaf, you know, sativa, but really, uh, yeah. I mean, and and obviously, it's it's more complicated than that. That that terpene profile, though, um, now that it's been tested, um, very high in limonene, uh, caryophylline, and myrcene, um, three pretty important terpenes, uh, which combined with you know a, a pretty good amount of THC uh, and other cannabinoids really just results in, in, in a amazing potency level. Uh, and even kind of like that sweaty forehead, you know, thing that would happen sometimes if you did like a too big of a bong hit or something like that, you know, would really, uh, cause actual physical effects for some people. I dropped so many people just by,
2: you know, passing them a joint. At concerts, you know, people would say, hey, man, can I try that? You know, and I'd say, be careful. And next thing you know, the guy's on the floor, you know, twitching out and his friends are saying, what did you do to him? And, you know, I'm running away. And uh, it became <laughs> like it was kind of a regular occurrence where I wasn't trying to do that to people. I would always tell them to take a little. It's very strong. But, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't. Uh, heed that warning and yeah I, on multiple occasions people I knew and people like who we were total strangers just dropped and uh, and hit the floor <laughs> that's it's amazing terrifying
0: to be involved in like a situation like that you're like I gotta get out of here <laughs> well yeah I mean they think you're laced you know you might have <laughs> laced it with something and I'm sure that that was a back common... to, like, Giuliani,
2: like, we were scared of, we were terrified back then and that was like the worst, also the worst possible time to be walking around with something that had an uncontainable smell. Um, because we were all paranoid and people were getting just swept up, you know, for TNT and all that stuff. People were just getting swept up and sent to jail, you know, like for minding their own business and walking down the street. So yeah, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty terrified of, of spending a night in the tombs. So, uh, so yeah, when that would happen, I would just break out, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh let's talk about more uh the present time now. You have uh obviously things have evolved. Um laws have changed and now uh the original AJ Sour is going to very soon be available legally for people. So let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, um Sid Gupta, who started Flower House, has been uh, 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 in contact with me for years, trying to, you know, when he was with Naturo, we were going to do something there. When he was, um, you know, uh, when he first got to New York, uh, uh, you know, he was uh, very enthusiastic. And uh, yeah, he, it was, Sid finally convinced me to, uh, to leave California, to leave my, Cozy, good, easy life out there, and you know. So I'm, I'm literally, I'm just coming out of the bush, you know. Like I, I'm, I'm I've been back in New York for a month now, and, um, and yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna release some sour within, uh, you know, a couple months, sometime. And I was just at the farm today; it looks good.
0: You know? Nice, and uh, that's gonna be legally available at licensed shops. Uh, throughout New York State, right in New York City. Yes, um, and hopefully there'll be some more of those open soon. Yeah, well, that's amazing, and to me, uh, that seems to be like everything coming full circle. You know, from the sort of paranoid uh, craziness of the '90s uh, and 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 hiding and and all of that to now basically being able to uh, legally have that AJ sour available to the general public. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And uh, I think, you know, obviously we've come a long way. What are your, your thoughts on, on um, just basically how, how much things have changed now in 2023?
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I honestly never believed this would even happen.
0: <laughs> and there's part of me
2: still thinks it's some kind of trap. <laughs> <laughs> can't get used to it, but um, you know, hopefully. Hopefully one day the thought of being, uh, you know, fearful about using cannabis will be absurd. Um, but for me, it's still like a real fear. Like, I don't, I don't want to smoke weed on the street. If there's a cop there, you know, like, I will just go over here. You know, and back in the day, I wouldn't even think of smoking weed on the street. If someone was smoking weed on the street, I got far away from them. Uh, because yeah, I just knew too many people that spent the
0: weekend and, uh, in the tombs. Yeah. And I mean, for growing, you would get a lot more than a weekend. I mean, you'd probably get sent upstate, uh, you know, for, for years. Yeah. For what
2: I was doing. Absolutely. You know, I might still be there. Right. <laughs> I exactly. was very fortunate that that, that didn't happen because there were many, there was some close calls and, and there were times when, you know, uh, uh, I was terrified that that was actually about to become reality but somehow i made it through the cracks
0: yeah you know and it's that notoriety that can get to you as well i mean when people are are whispering your name all over town you know and 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 it's still totally illegal and you know i had the same conversation with g uh our friend greg Chemdog. you know we were standing there at one point uh and 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 smoking legal cannabis in at a licensed legal event and i said you know isn't it amazing, you know, where, how far we've come and that we don't have to look over our shoulders all the time. And he said, yeah, but I still do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that thing, you know, it's ingrained in us. Uh, And like you said, it still kind of feels like a trap, right? Like they got us all to come out of the the woodwork and and now they're just going to round us all up uh, and, and do what they wish they could have done years ago. Um, But I think luckily that's not the case. And I think we are in a, in a, in a position where we're watching history be made, uh, and that history was made by people like us who, who were there in those, in those times and, and really, you know, kept that, the love of the plant and, and the, the whole spirit alive in the face of a lot of, uh, of resistance you know not just resistance but outright uh you know aggression
2: (laughs) yeah i mean we never had a choice though because it's like we knew that you know we weren't about to give up the weed so i mean the conditions just were what they were um yeah i mean maybe i was just a little crazy too and and you know just took wild chances but um but yeah, I mean, I knew from the time that I was very young that I was going to be involved with weed as pretty much from the first time I tried it, I knew I was going to be somehow mixed up in weed. When I was a kid, I used to have dreams where I had a huge garbage bag full of weed and <laughs> I would like wake up and, you know, be depressed about it. And it was like, if I could just get a huge, huge bag of weed, everything would be okay. And that's kind of the premise that I set off, I set off on when I, when I, when uh, graduated high school was, you know, to get that huge bag of weed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things I, that I, it's unique for me about, you know, the real AJ Sour diesel uh, is really the medicinal aspect for me personally. I mean, I think it really helps uh, relieve stress, uh, relieve fatigue, uh, and even uh, help deal with depression and sort of anxiety and things like that i I know for some people uh it can cause a bit of paranoia but i think depending on your demeanor and who you are it can really treat a variety of uh of of ailments paranoia can be good you know right
2: (laughs) i mean being paranoid (laughs) is the reason why i never went to to prison so uh yeah i was was smoking i was paranoid and 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 trying to lay low so yeah And, and yeah no, I mean I've I've learned pretty much er- almost everything from being around cannabis. Uh, whether it's like learning things about myself, like I said, be- becoming a tyrant and then having to like step down and say, okay, you know, like you don't have to control everybody, be the king of the universe just because you can. And it kind of I don't know I learned I learned lessons about myself just through you know having you know great weed that everybody wanted. I it, I learned lessons of human nature and I learned. Um, yeah. And obviously anything that makes you less bitter and angry is a useful tool with, especially if you live like in a city like New York, um, where, you know, you can freak out over, you know, something 10 times a day. Uh, smoking weed has kept me totally grounded, I guess. Com- well, maybe not, but comparative to to, to how I would have been without it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, now, how can people find out more about, you uh flower house and the sour that will be on the market very soon and keep up with you basically on social media and the internet.
2: Uh, well, there, we got get dot sour on Instagram as the time approaches, we're going to be doing promotion there. I'm going to be promoting it on my Instagram, AJ sour, diesel and flower house as an Instagram, and they'll be, you know, we're going to, we're going to
0: announce it when it's. When it's time well that's pretty it. awesome yeah it's all seems to have come full circle and it'll be really interesting to see what the next few years have in store for us uh all here in new york and beyond uh but we've certainly uh come a long way i want to say thank you uh to joe murray uh aka aj <laughs> uh, for being on the show uh any sort of final words you have out there for people that are interested in, in, in you and the sour diesel and all of the, the history and information. Um, well,
2: I mean, I, I answer questions about it all day. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different narratives going around. And, uh, so yeah, I find myself answering a lot of questions about sour all the time. Some people say sour is gone. It's never coming back. Some people say, uh, uh, you know, or want to know more and more about the history. And, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm still immersed in it. Not a day goes by where I'm not answering questions and, you know, and if I have advice for people, it's grow weed, everyone should grow weed.
0: Right. Now, what what do you say to people who do say that sour is gone and that, you know, it's not the same as it was back then?
2: It's always been a very small circle. I mean, uh, uh, it's always been that way i mean the good sour comes in small batch and it's and and and, it, and it's 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 historically always been something that's very difficult to get
0: so that hasn't changed and i think a lot of the people out there who think they've had it haven't actually had it <laughs> right and so whatever yep. they're calling uh sour diesel isn't isn't the age something
2: good obviously because they remember it and 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 there's a lot of great imposters out there but there's only one original
0: perfect all right well why don't we leave it at that there's a lot of imposters but only one original and uh thank you so much aj for being on the show and uh we will be back after these messages All right, all you cannabis connoisseurs, we have a very special announcement for you. SeedsHereNow.com is elevating September with deals that will make your buds burst with joy. Place an order this month and SeedsHereNow's got you. For the month of September, you will snag a free limited single seed of London pound cake with every order. That's a garden game changer right there. For those with an apple-flavored obsession, you're also in for a treat. Dive deep with 25% off strains like Applejack and the oh-so-tempting Caramel Apple Kush. And if you're tired of domestic shipping costs eating at your grow budget, we've got you covered again. Simply use the code DANKOSHIP, that's D-A-N-K-O-S-H-I-P, and you'll get free shipping with your order at SeedsHereNow.com. You'll want to keep checking back with Seeds Here Now for incredible upcoming sales, including a Grandparents Day special, the fall equinox celebration, and of course, those wild weekend flash sales throughout September. It's like a festival of foliage deals. So head over to seedsherenow.com, enter Danko Ship, and let your garden flourish in style. Keep it green, nurture those dreams, and remember, with the right seeds and knowledge, you'll always be in for a bountiful harvest. All right, welcome back, and thank you to AJ, uh, AJ Sour, for doing the uh, the interview there. Um, hope you guys learned something about the sour and more. Um, yeah, so we're in the cultivation segment. It has been a fortnight,
1: <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight, and yes, this is a fortnight. Strain, Strain of, of the fortnight. What yeah. you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain, Strain of, of the fortnight.
0: <laughs> STRAIN of, strain the OF THE Fortnite.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. We love hearing and... that. Uh, it's our it's our favorite thing. It gets us going. Hope We hope it gets you going too. And it signifies that it is time for our strain of the fortnight, of course. So, Dan, what strain would you like to highlight this fortnight?
0: Yes. So, this fortnight, I want to highlight uh, a strain called Mango Freezer. Uh, and this is from Canarado genetics can c-a-n-n-a-r-a-d-o uh canarado genetics they are known for uh strains like sunday driver Uh, a lot of people know grape pie a bunch of really amazing uh amazing strains and you know they've been around for i think a a pretty long time i want to say 2008 or something like they've been around um and they have some great strains, but this one is the mango freezer. It's actually a cross between mango haze and a hybrid of uh, fried ice cream and grandpa's Gunchest, uh, which I'm not super familiar with. But uh, certainly there's this freezer line uh, that they've put out with a bunch of different uh, freezer sort of based genetics, uh, lemon freezer, grape freezer, uh, Sunday. And uh, the mango one is one of them. And as I mentioned, it is mango haze crossed with the fried ice cream and grandpa's gunshots. So what you're going to get is that like hazy high for sure. Like the the no ceiling kind of high you get from a good haze. Um, so you keep smoking it, keep getting higher. Um, that mango and ice cream kind of scent and uh, and flavor, which is really amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, a decent not too long of a flowering time uh 70 to 80 days or so um the average yield uh to average to higher yield um the strain will stretch a bit um and you're getting regular seeds uh for this and they're actually available uh at seeds here now uh which is our sponsor seedsherenow.com and you can always use that code uh denko ship uh for free shipping on uh seeds and these are very affordable these are 88 dollars um and 88 cents uh, and come along with the free shipping um you're gonna get a 10 pack uh and there are gonna be regular seeds so there will be males and females there in the bunch um if you're interested in breeding with it uh you can keep a male and some of the pollen uh otherwise I would say keep the females only uh keep one as a mom if you'd like to keep taking cuttings or just grow it out and flower it uh and see if you like it and if you do you can always buy another pack um, anyway, the Canarado mango freezer is just one of those, uh, really amazing strains it really fills the air with a, a very unique smell. Like I mentioned, fruity from the mango, creamy from the ice cream, uh, and, uh, really, uh, just the high too. It's really, it's kind of like a, a tropical fruit dessert, uh, after a nice meal, you know, it's just really an amazing strain. So, uh, please give it a try uh mango freezer from Canarado genetics available at seedsherenow.com um, use that code DANKOSHIP. that's a new code um, for free shipping from seeds here now and uh yeah hope you guys enjoy that um that is our strain of the fortnight mango freezer and now I think uh we'll move on to the cultivation segment uh or the cultivation. Tip or trick, uh, which this week is going to be about how to identify and get rid of broad mites. Um, These are a type of mite different from a spider mite, uh, but equally as destructive and equally as hard to get rid of. So, um, a very dreaded pest, and eradicating it is very difficult. Um, So, the first thing I want to do is basically just describe for you what are broad mites. Um, They're, you know, a garden pest, obviously, Um, they're very, very tiny. Uh, very tiny, really almost hard, impossible to see without some type of magnification. Um, they usually lay their eggs on the underside of new leaves because they like to eat the new leaves. Um, they puncture through the leaf to get to the sap of the of the plant. So um, they like younger leaves. So they're going to always be closer to uh, the tops of your plants uh, or the tops of each individual branch as it's growing um, because, like I said, they they prefer that fresh new growth. Uh, I think they can get into it a little easier um, with their pinchers or whatever it is. Um, So uh, first, you're going to have to identify that you have this problem. Uh, The first signs are the signs of a lot of different things like yellowing foliage, um, curling, drooping leaves, stunted growth. That could be a pH issue. That could be a a, uh, nutrient issue, or it could be a bug issue. So you're going to have to Look a little bit further, use, like I said, a magnifying glass, um, and basically look for the symptoms of actual broad mites, which would be the eggs and the mites themselves on the newest growth of your plant, uh, that yellowing footed foliage, um, any type of stunted growth, curling, drooping leaves, um, also a glossy wet look to the top of the leaves. That's kind of like this weird... um, sap that they leave behind and it it kind of it also basically causes issues uh with your plant it's like you know because the life cycle of the broad mite has four different stages they start as egg um then they become larvae uh then they're nymphs which is like the baby mites and then they're adult broad mites so you're gonna have all different ones of all of those different stages if uh, if you you see the signs of them because they're already going to have several generations at that point. They're so tiny um, and so very difficult to discover them until it's really close to too late. Uh, So uh, keep in mind, they do have uh, that toxic saliva, that like juice that they spit out basically, which can also uh, stunt stunt your plant and uh, cause the leaves to to look different, malformed, um, and to grow kind of messed up. Uh, Again, they're on the younger, tender uh, leaves, so they're going to be found uh, higher up in your plants uh, where the fresh new growth is. Um, As far as getting rid of them, uh, the first step, if you have a pretty bad infestation, is to remove the affected areas. Now, if your plants are in the vegetative stage, this is pretty easily done um, by just cutting off a lot of that fresh new growth, um, because that's where most of the eggs and and mites will be. they're going to be on other parts of the plant too, but that's where a majority of them are. So, if you can, and I know this can be troublesome and, and hurt people, uh, but you could just cut off, you know, the top uh, two or three inches of every branch, and that really will help get rid of a, a, a large infestation. Um, I don't recommend neem oil anymore. I used to. I prefer just regular insecticidal soap. So, uh, you can use that on the plant. Make sure you get the underside of the leaves because uh, that's where they lay the eggs. Um, there are certainly predator mites uh, that work on broad mites as well. There's one known as a broad mite killer, uh, and that is Amblyseus andersoni. Uh, but if you just look up, you know, predators for broad mites, you'll find them and you you want to release them at the top of the plant again, because that's where the, uh, that's where most of the mites will be. Uh, and then there's different sort of pesticides and miticides that, that are, are can be used but i do think that that's kind of overkill um i think just the basic insecticidal soap uh combined with some predatory mites um should do the trick uh you really want to try to prevent getting broad mites at all so uh, that can come from clones uh so you don't you know if you if you are taking in clones from somewhere a nursery or a friend or or, or wherever it might be uh you want to make sure to dip those clones if you can if they're small and you can dip them uh in some of that insecticidal soap uh and and quarantine them keep them away from your other plants until you're you're clear that they're not infected and uh if not just start from seeds and you'll know that uh are you know any infestation will be your fault and not not the fault of uh the person you're getting the clones from um and you know just the important thing is really just to look at your plants a lot and, and use a a loop or a microscope or something that'll really get you in there. Cause if you see the eggs, that means there's adults. And if there's adults, there's all the different stages. There's the nymphs and and everything else. So uh, that is my primer on dealing with and getting rid of broad uh, russet mites or broad mites on cannabis.
1: All right. Excellent. Very good grow tip. And as our listeners know, that brings us to the question and answer portion of the show. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. You can email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. We also look for questions on Facebook and and, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and especially Patreon. So get us your questions. And let's start things off here with, let's see here. Let's start with Kenny. And he writes, uh, what's up, Danny and Mike? This is Kenny. Uh... Blue House Grow on Instagram. I'm in Washington State. My whole family in my house, uh, in my household, we are all medical car growers. I just started listening to your show two weeks ago. I listen eight hours a day while at work. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I reuse soil and uh, use Dr. Earth Dry Amendments. Uh, This grow is the first time I've ever had an issue with my soil pH. It was lower than it should be. I just started using garden lime. I started off low at one tablespoon. But the issue is I don't want to add too much, but I don't know how long it takes to take effect. I hope all is well. Keep up the great content. Happy growing. So, yeah, any advice here on soil pH to Kenny?
0: Yes. um, So uh, the garden lime is a good Good plan. I mean, that's basically a buffer um, that'll get you closer to neutral uh, from low, from too low. You want to be just below neutral, basically 6.2 uh, or so in soil. Um, the issue might also just be that, that the nutrient solution that you're adding has a very low pH. So I would say test your nutrient solution after you've added the nutrients. Um, and then you can either add some lime to that or you can uh, use a pH up. Uh, that's natural, so, you know, a different type of pH up, uh, and then pour that through your root zone and test, uh, what comes out afterwards. Uh, so pour a little more than you need to fill the bucket. Uh, and then what comes out, uh, from, from going through your, your growing medium and your root zone, uh, you test that. And if that's still super low, I would say you can bump up, uh, some, the lime and just continue to use, uh ph nutrient solution or plain water when you're using plain water Uh, and I think that should be fine you you can also just test uh use one of the simple testers to test the soil uh and make sure that it's not super low uh but either way uh using that lime or using some type of a ph up is going to get you to where you need to be uh and just be careful when you're reusing soil um that you're not dealing with a lot of pests or or any kind of uh problems that that can stick with the soil diseases and things so um
1: good luck and thanks all right there you go we hope that helps you out Kenny let's uh let's move on to Raul Raul writes uh hi there Danny and team I guess that makes me team (laughs) Love the show, long-time listener. Here's my question. I grow autoflowers in sometimes sunny Massachusetts outside in pots. I've gotten into the habit of moving them into an overhang area under my roof when I'm able to do so and it rains. My thinking is that the water from above will wash off some of the THC (laughs) and other compounds that we love. Uh, Is keeping my plants out of the rain a good idea, or am I wasting my time? What would you say here to Raul?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the issue with rain isn't so much that the water is washing off uh, THC and compounds. uh, It's just that uh, heavy rain can do damage to your your branches. uh, And rain tends to have a pretty low pH as well. That's why sometimes they call it acid rain. Uh, So, you know, there's nothing wrong with bringing plants in uh, from when it's raining hard. Uh, but, you know, the the rain can be a good thing, too. It's almost like a foliar feed uh, in some ways, not a feed so much, but it can clean the dust uh, and certain particles on your leaves that are there uh, just from being outside. So uh, a light rain is not going to really do any serious damage. A heavy duty uh, thunder shower uh, with a lot of wind uh, can do some damage. So I would say bring the plants in if you feel like they're going to get damaged. Uh, But if it's just a nice light, you know, summertime rain, uh, that's not really going to hurt them too bad. Uh, Another thing you should remember, though, is if it rains uh, and then suddenly gets really sunny right after the rain, um, that's that's a time when you can actually burn the leaves of the plants because the water magnifies the sunshine and really any of that uh, water that's basically on your leaves acts like a magnifying glass and, and you can fry your plants uh so i would say you know shake them off and 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 let them dry out before uh putting them in, out into full sun if they're
1: soaked all right there we go thanks raul we hope that helps you out um let's do one more here this comes from steve who is in idaho he writes uh, hey gby guys this might be an obvious one but i've been having some issues with my plants wilting i'm sure the excessive heat this summer isn't helping but I think the bigger problem is watering. I can't seem to figure out the right schedule. Uh, Do you have any quick tips on watering? Also, do you recommend soil slash water meters? I bought a couple packs of the soil sticks off Amazon, but not sure how accurate they are. So what would you say here to Steve?
0: Uh, Yeah, so as far as watering tips, uh, the easiest and, and best tip I've ever gotten and used is just to lift up the pot itself. Um, because you really get an idea of when it's fully saturated and when it needs to be watered, uh, just by lifting it and how light or heavy it is. Um, and I would just do that all the time, you know, just every day. Uh, and plants that are outside in in full sun are going to need watering in some cases, like every certainly in many cases every day, and in other cases like more than once a day uh, because of the excessive sunlight and heat um, that can use up a lot of that water, evaporate it, the plants use it. And, uh, you know, the sun just basically bakes it right out of your pot. So if you have plants outside in full sun, um, you really need to have a good, decent schedule to water them pretty much almost every day, I would say, especially as they get bigger and tend to use up a lot of water very quickly. Um, I don't think your problem is going to really be overwatering particularly because the wilting sounds like you're underwatering. Uh, if, there's nothing wrong with the soil or water meters that you can buy. They're like a metal stick that you just dip down. Um, and that'll give you an idea if there's moisture f- further down in your container. Um, if the plants aren't in pots and they're just out in the garden, you can't really lift them up and know. Um, but in in the heat of the summer, you really it's hard to overwater outdoor plants in the summertime. So keep them well watered and they should not be wilting. Um, now, if they're wilting because they're over watered, that's a whole other story. But that looks slightly different than the wilting that you'll get when they're underwatered. Uh, so, it, you know, they'll look they'll look like they're they're wilting, but they're moist rather than uh, hanging down. You know, and then what happens is as soon as you water uh, a plant that's really dry, Within a half hour to an hour or so, you will see it bounce. This leaves no longer wilted, and they'll bounce right back up. Um, if they're still wilted or they're wilted even more, then your problem could be overwatering. But uh, I'm guessing your problem is underwatering. Uh, if you want to get yourself one of those uh, soil meters, that'll tell you. Uh, some Sometimes they'll tell you multiple things. They'll tell you uh, how dry the soil is. They'll tell you the pH of the soil. Um, and they can even tell you the parts per million of nutrient solution. Uh, or the EC, uh, electrical conductivity, uh, in the soil. So um, nothing wrong with them. But again, if you just want to lift up the pots, uh, you'll definitely get an idea. If it's light, uh, the plant is dry and needs water.
1: All right, there you go. We hope that helps you out there, Steve. And thank you to everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. The email, as always, is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break? Come back and wrap this one up. Let's do it.
0: If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about sweet leaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's s u i t e l e a f.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, You'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DENKO15. All right, welcome back. Let's wrap up the show. Thank you to DJ Jacqueline and Winstrong Thank you to AJ Sour Diesel, Joe Murray. Uh, keep an eye out for the sours here in New York, uh, legal and licensed. Um, shout out to our sponsors, of course, Seeds Here Now. Uh, the code there, Danko Ship, for free shipping uh, on all their seeds. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Danko 15 for 15% off, along with uh, even more percentages off if you sign up for our Patreon. Uh, Excelsior Extracts, check out their THC-infused pain relief rub. Um, Prime Superior Inoculant, uh, an amazing inoculant, very good for your plants, Uh, and also 15% off using the code PS420 uh, at Prime Superior. And of course, our newest advertiser, we're very excited, Purple Rose Supply. Uh, They make Canagar molds, uh, blunt rollers, so you can create your own uh, cannabis cannagars. you can use the leaves of your plants or you can use all kinds of different wraps and the code there is GBY20 for 20% off uh, at purple rose supply and of course I should also mention our affiliate links at vapor.com uh, you can use the code growbudyourself20 for 20% off everything at vapor.com uh, which includes every vaporizer all, every rolling paper every tray um, CBD products, all kinds of amazing stuff at vapor.com. Uh, so if you're in the market, you're out there, you're looking at some Puffco or Volcano or whatever, you know, Dr. Dab or whatever it is that you're looking for, uh, buy it at vapor.com and get yourself 20% off, uh, with our code Grow Bud Yourself 20. Um, want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, we're growing on there, really appreciate it. Um, anybody that wants to sign up, that's a great way to support the show. Uh, and you get a bunch of free stuff. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can build a community over there. You know, I want to I want more and more people just to uh, participate in our Patreon for sure. Um, our YouTube subscribers, all, all of you guys out there um, who keep up with us and listen to us, whether you're in the grow room or trimming or, you know, on the treadmill or whatever you might be doing. We really appreciate your support. Um, of course, my co-host and producer, Mike. Uh, Thank you. And everyone, you know, who just supports the show, spreads the word. Uh, We really appreciate it. Episode number 121.
1: Let's put it in the books.